0: High stakes on the clay court with Micro Mortal Tennis. It's Amigos, episode 363. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about Micro Mortal Tennis tennis mm, okay you know aaron they call me hadouken because i'm downright fierce
1: they do they don't call you that do they
0: no one's ever called
1: me. unless that's that japanese for a geek then i then i believe it <laughs> that, you know did you play much tennis sport tennis in your life
0: uh, i didn't start playing tennis until i married my wife and she was a tennis champion in thailand
1: holy and smokes so, uh, i didn't know that that should take you yeah. to school out in the court
0: she takes me to school all the time. Yeah, And she's, she'll like, we'll play and she'll beat me down two or three games in a row. And then she'll get out her serving machine and she'll hit about 200 backhands and 200 forehands Damn. while I lay bleeding in the corner. Yeah. So.
1: You know, we haven't talked to it for a while. I think I've mentioned the show a couple times. It's been a while, but I was on the tennis team back in high school. I was a big tennis fan uh, mm-hmm. back in the day. I uh, used to watch, I used to watch tennis. Even thinking about that now, it baffles me. The set the thing that I said because I can't sit through a, a tennis match now to save my life. I don't care who's playing, but there was a time where I was a big, big fan of tennis and uh, somehow made the tennis team. And I was a du- my hose was my doubles partner. Yeah, uh, back in the day, old. Uh, it's a
0: shame that there are no photos of this because well, I would that, love no, to see you is, and hose th- out there. There shouldn't
1: be any photos of what that was. <laughs> Ho, old shotgun hose. What he lacked in accuracy, made up for in fierce power. Oh, he yeah. would hadouken and that ball into my back, so many times. He hit me in the back <laughs> with those serves. And whatever it was, whatever we won serve, and hos was up to serve. Man, that was the scariest time. And every once in a while, he'd pull a Jim Cornette <laughs> and just come rail in and just hit me right upside the head or in the <laughs> leg with a tennis racket. I'll never forget that. He was a madman, but the, I was like the uh, uh, I was like an undercarder. On the tennis team, like I was the guy, but I occasionally I could squeak out a win, but I mm-hmm. it was always through uh chicanery. Now, you know? do you
0: remember who your big rivals were? You know, like, of course, Vincent was the rival band. Who was the rival tennis? Well, team?
1: I'll be honest with you. I, I, calling them my rivals would be doing them a disservice because, <laughs> but okay, I could befuddle and confuse people. I, I was a guy named Joe Allen. I had a couple wins over him and he was really good and I couldn't believe it. Uh, my old buddy Rich, I I'd beat him. I used to beat Hose. I've beat some. Of the I've beat almost everyone on the team at some point, but it mm-hmm. was something I could. And usually, it's. I mean, I would come out of these matches. It looked like I'd been in a cage match. I was. I never left the court without blood all over me and scars because I. I was too slow to be a proper tennis player, so I had to use. I had to throw the racket between both hands and dive for stuff and come in yeah. on my knees.
0: You know, it was did, did you did you ever think that at times you hadn't put forth enough effort? So beneath the tennis bracelet, you slid out the blade and no. you gave yourself a little color. Listen,
1: I didn't need to gig, buddy. I was getting I was getting <laughs> natural juice out there. I'm telling you, every part of you that could bleed on a tennis court, I bled from it. And some parts I don't even want to go into that I bled from. It. It was bad times. Eventually, I just gave up playing because I was like, Well, the season ended. I'm like, I'm done with this. When me and Hose had a doubles match to get some guys we went to church with, and these guys were super rich guys. And we were these two, we were us, and we were killing them. Like, we were up mm-hmm. two sets, uh, we were up two game, uh you know, with two rounds to nothing. I'm now I forget how to even keep scoring tennis. That's how stupid I am. And then they came back in the third set, and we were out of gas, out of mm-hmm. gas, and yeah. they smoked us in three straight. At the end, mm-hmm hose was so tired and hose is a real sweaty hairy guy i mean this mm-hmm. dude i kid you not there were pools of sweat i think it was sweat underneath him uh at the end of these we were done and that's what i knew it's like listen there's a certain type of person that plays tennis and i am not that guy but so,
0: do you but, still have your letter
1: i do i still have my letter i still have do you still I have, have all my letters. jacket i never got a jacket but i've got two or three letters you don't have a letterman
0: jacket with a letter in front you got for football and
1: track. Well, I'm not gonna lie to you. I wasn't when real. When you cruise cr- around the football. other parts of the town, but I, you got the decal in back. I didn't play football. I didn't Be play in the back. True band. to your school. No, I hated my school, and the school oh. didn't like me. So screw them. And if micro mortal <laughs> tennis was a thing back then, I would have killed a lot of suckers. No lie, judges, because by the way, no one had a judge when we played. You just had to sort of keep score yourself. I don't know if that was the way. For everybody, but we—I never played where there was a guy actually judging my matches. I, I think a,
0: things have changed in high school tennis since then. I I'd, think they've got judges. I'd now. say
1: you're right. I'd say you're right. And listen, before we move on, I want to talk about uh, the show last week. Uh, 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 I watched the show. You know, I was on vacation last week. Yeah, tell us about your vacation. Well, I'll have to get into that later. I'll get into okay. that in the uh, later uh, the later show. But I want to talk about uh, uh, the the way the show went last week. I was I was very um, I was gratified to see that you just kicked the show off with no reference to me being gone in any way. You no, no. just rolled right through. So anyone that didn't know where I was, because I haven't missed the show. I don't think I maybe mean, I don't think I've ever missed an Amigos. And I missed one other show I think ever. See, so, but I was gratified that you made up for that by mentioning me several hundred times throughout the rest of the episode.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: by calling Britt my name over and over and every time you did it, and I looked at Britt's face I felt real good, so I will say I was quite <laughs> pleased by that boat. But well, I, thought I, guys, that I thought you guys, I thought you guys did a good job last week.
0: You know, it's funny because I I totally meant you know. Of course, my plan was to lead off the show with talking about your absence. Oh yeah, I was, I was I was so nervous to uh, do the show without you because there was only the, you. You've only missed one Amigos in history. Is that only what, one?
1: You mean, counting like uh, besides last week, what was the other one yeah. I missed? What I missed?
0: Dune Dune two. You were not around for the Dune 2 episode. I think you might have been ill. I don't know. You might have just decided. You might have just said, I, I
1: don't I want to do Dune it. thought I did Dune 2. I know I did the research for it. You can, oh, no, go... you
0: can go back and, and watch me do it by myself.
1: Well, I mean, I, I must have falling out at the last minute or something because i do i, do, I remember researching it I, so
0: that I I, you were you were ill and i definitely had yeah i mean i can't remember exactly the uh the circumstance but you were sick you were yeah. it was one of those times because when you get sick you really get sick i you think know
1: you can it. count the shows and keep in mind that we've probably done between all the shows we've done over a thousand shows i would say i uh, would yeah. you? i mean at, at least somewhere in the ballpark and i think i've missed a total of maybe three shows maybe yeah four. you don't miss often. You well, don't it's, miss it's off. That's because I'm too stupid to feel pain, Boat.
0: Mm-hmm. I've heard that.
1: All right. <laughs> how, do I, how do I follow this that is, up? This is what happens when we get back together. <laughs> the smooth the smooth delivery is back, brother. Get this thing out of here, Boat. Move it along. <laughs> Let's talk about this week's Amiga News. <laughs>
2: Amiga
1: News. Amiga News. <laughs> We don't edit nothing. I can tell you that right now. Get it going, Boaster.
0: All right, Aaron. You know it's been a pretty, pretty good news week this week. All right. Uh, we're going to start out with uh, a story. This is. Uh, this says now the uh, things have become confused on the. Okay, make sure. Never mind. All right. So. Uh, wow. We're going to start with, verbal nunchucks. It's <laughs> on those suckers. Reddit confused and compounded me, but I, I figured out how to work it. So, uh, you, you know, this, this story, this first story doesn't really have anything to do directly with the Amiga, but it is a story that lots of Amiga fans will be interested to hear. After nearly 30 years, uh, the uh, programmer of Elite Dangerous, among uh, or of, of the Elite Dangerous Elite Planet Coaster, David Braben, is uh, stepping down. He is stepping down as CEO of Frontier Developments. Now, of course, in the Amiga world, we got Elite Two. Did we get Elite One on the Amiga? I can't remember. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. I I I it just it's just come back to me. So uh, you know, Braven is a huge name. Uh him and Ian Bell uh, got together to uh to create the first Elite, and then I think there was some sort of a falling out. And uh, Braben went on to uh, bigger and bigger things, uh, and you know, probably most famously, the whole Elite Dangerous uh, crowdfunding campaign, the delivery of the Elite Dangerous, and the continual development of Elite Dangerous. So uh, he's a definitely a huge figure in the world of, uh, open, uh, you know, uh, open world, uh, games, uh, for a lot of people elite was that introduction to a game where you could, you know, you could do anything and it really felt like you were existing in a world. So, uh, you know, props to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, Braben and we, we wish him a good retirement.
1: Did you in the article, does it stay, say, uh, stay exactly why he's stepping out is he is retiring? Is that, I saw that he's staying on in some capacity, but is it re, is he yeah, basically he's... slowing down?
0: I think that he just wants to step away from the business side of things yeah. uh, and, uh, and the, the day-to-day sort of grind and uh, and just basically maybe he wants to be more of an advisor you know, in that sort of a capacity.
2: You, so, know, you uh,
1: know, Elite Dangerous is one of those games, its, it's popularity sort of sneaks up on you uh, because it's not like something I hear about all the time, but I know people, a lot of people really, really love that game. And yeah. I mean, obviously it's done pretty well and they've, uh, you know, they've kept it going. So, I mean, all you have to say, it was an, uh, an, an unbridled success. Uh, but well, I'll tell
0: you this, you know, there's, there's not a lot going on on frontier developments. I don't know what else they're doing besides elite dangerous. I guess they're still doing planet coaster. Yeah. They made $140 million last year. So yeah, <laughs>
1: Elite's still doing pretty good. That's great. I'm, I'm happy to hear it. I'm happy, And I know people that love that st- that sort of game, uh, are happy that it that the the beat goes on. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right, Aaron, our next story, this was posted in the uh on on our Discord. This is a podcast uh and uh, it's called bad parenting. Okay? Or no, I'm sorry. It's called parenting hell. I take it back. Parenting hell. Okay? Uh this is a British show and uh the the object of the show was talk about uh women that you fancied back in when you were when you were you know in your pre-adolescent years you say from about time you were 10 to when you were 12 so aaron now that we're on the subject who were sort of your crushes when you were in that time period
1: uh when i was 10 to 12 Mm -hmm. oh jeez man i had to because it's funny i i would say uh uh, um Did you? I mean, you you name some of yours. Give me a second. I'll have to think of a couple uh, chicks that I was into because I mean that was a long time ago for me, not so long for you.
0: Uh let's see. Well, there was definitely a Punky Brewster. Had a big thing for her.
1: You're kidding um. me. Oh no! Why not Punky she Brewster? Yeah. She looked like a. a it didn't look that great. I didn't think. <laughs> Listen, it's you also were in your she 20s. was a child. <laughs> yeah, well,
0: you were in your late twenties, Aaron. But you've got to remember that we're ten years apart. I know, but I,
1: but even with even if I was a little kid, I mean, uh, why her? She looked like a I don't know, like a she looked like a male Tom or female Tom Sawyer is what she looked like. Or like a doctor I, don't, doctor. I don't know
0: if we need to go down the road of comparing the women that we find attractive. Or Doctor Maybe Who, end, like doc, no, not I'm so not loud.
1: saying that. But I mean, listen, you've got to admit when you think be- like beautiful beauty pageant kids, Punky Brewster is not what it would leap to most people's mind. What was there a personality, something drew you to her, or the way she talked?
0: I thought she was cute. Oh, fair enough. Then yeah.
1: <laughs> Maybe I should stop. I'm you baffled by. Over. I really am baffled by that. That's the. I didn't expect that. Who else? Give me another one. Uh,
0: let's see. There was definitely a gadget from uh, Rescue Rangers,
1: the cartoon mouse.
0: Yep, yeah. A
1: cartoon mouse. Yep. What? I uh, can see how see. I can see how Punky Brewster would look great when you're when you're competing with a cartoon
0: mouse. Um, and there was one other one that I was uh I was. Before you violently attacked my taste in women, I had I'm i not attacking your tongue, taste in women. women.
1: I'm just I listen. Different strokes, different folks, pal. But I just all right. I so give me yours. That. Give me yours. Someone mentioned Sam Fox, Samantha Fox, in there. She would have been up in there. Uh, you uh, were looking at
0: Samantha Fox related things when you were ten to twelve years old. Oh God, yes, of course. Okay, well, we obviously had very different childhoods.
1: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I there were no cartoon chicks. So I'm gonna maybe the the hot. Warrior Chick from Heavy Metal. If I was going to go yeah, into cartoons. We have, yeah,
0: we've got very different the How about, uh, the women,
1: how about uh, sure. Daphne from, from, from Dragon's Lair? You get her in the mix. Or Kimberly. I'm okay with either one of them. So there you go. There's a couple. What did this guy yeah. say? He can't stun me more than you have.
2: Did
0: not come to my mind. And that is Zoos, Aaron. Are you familiar with Zoos?
1: Surely not the invitation ant. That's not who he's talking about.
0: That's right. Zeus, the female Zool.
1: Are you kidding he me? For he Zuz? had a thing
0: for. He had a thing for. That's right. That's right. Now, if you look at Zeus, you're sort of Middle Eastern countries come to mind because she is totally clothed except for her eyes. She's wearing some sort of an like ant ch- related burqa. She's a
1: ninja uh, chick. Uh, the aunt, yeah. Uh, sort of an yeah. ant. Yeah. That so, is weird. Listen. Your, car, your crush on the cartoon rat doesn't seem so weird after hearing that. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, he found, so he found a, someone to justify it.
0: There is a link in the Amiga News subreddit to a uh, timestamped link to where they're talking about this in the show. Uh, it's definitely worth listening to. The whole exchange is is quite humorous. You can so skip so make sure the, you check that out. If you're
1: out. listening to the radio, 25 minutes in, around that area. That's yeah. That I. <laughs> they're getting some weird stories this week, but <laughs> what else you got? <laughs>
0: All right, next is there is a port of a C64 game called L'Abbé de Mort, which I think means like the dead abbey or the, you know, the dead, the abbey of death. Uh, This is a platformer that was a big hit on the C64. It actually was the indie retro news C64 game of the year in 2019. Uh, if you uh, have get this loaded up on the old Indie Retro News, you can see that this is a pretty sharp looking scrolling side-scrolling platform game, and uh, there is an Amiga version that is in the works. It's being redrawn with sixteen colors using the Scorpion engine. Uh, it is currently in development. Uh, but uh, you should definitely check out the preview. This is one that looks right up my alley. I'm really looking forward to it. This is another sort of Adams Family-esque game where all the rooms are named. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Not on the Amiga version, but in the real versions of the game, they are. Uh, I am super looking forward to Labby de Mort. Uh, I will check this out.
1: This I know I've seen someone play this on the C64. Mm-hmm. Perhaps it was Black or Frodo. Somebody I've seen play this. This does look nice. I mean, it does It does look exactly like your kind of game. There's no doubt about now, that. Now,
0: uh, this is being brought to the Amiga, Aaron. You know it's good because it's being brought to the Amiga by a guy named Ultra Narwhal.
1: Holy smokes. What a name. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Ultra anything. You know they're awesome. Yeah,
0: yeah. All right. Next up. Uh, oh, Pippi Longstocking. That was the other girl.
1: That was the other Actually, girl. Actually, she looks a I lot like Punky on. Brewster. Yeah. You come at the storybook.
0: I'm talking about the storybook. Well, there was a movie. There was a movie that came out in the 80s. Do you
1: recall the famous bit about the movie that always strikes me? It's, it's funny. I'm pretty sure I got this right. Uh, there was, no. that, there was the, the at the time, uh, by, this would have been back in the uh, 70s, the uh, football wasn't as big a deal as it is now. And there was a football game on. Uh, I can't recall the team's. But it was a lopsided game, and so they cut the end of the game to cut to start Pippi Longstarking. Oh on no no time. no! That's
0: it's, it's Heidi. You're Oh, you're right. Heidi. It that's was Heidi.
1: Heidi. It was yeah. Heidi. You're right. Right. But you you've heard of the story then?
0: Yeah, it's a true story. Do you recall the made, game
1: right or top of your head? Well, it, I was, it was one of the biggest was, was, comebacks was, at the time.
0: I think it was a Jets game, and I think it, it was Joe Namath was
1: quarterback. I think one was the like, well, Biggest right. comeback of all time. I think yeah. you might be right. Good job. Good good save, boat.
0: I'll tell you else is full of good saves, and that's our friend Chris Edwards. Yeah, no kidding. This is a, what may be the final in his series of videos about this Amiga 3000 tower. He is transplanting a 3640 into this beast in an effort to get it to work. Now, Aaron, did you check this? Have, I have, have not. You had a chance to have, watch this one? I have
1: not seen this one. Uh, I, I, actually, I missed this one in the feed. I, I went on to the, the next one, but this... So how does it go with this bow? How how it end up turning out?
0: It pr- it pretty much fixes from what I can tell. It pretty much fixes the problems. What I like about this three thousand T, I you uh, know, is that it's got the old lock on it. They need to bring back the key lock on the computer tower.
1: Look at that! That thing is so big it needs a front door lock. <laughs> that is the biggest. You know. I, you know. The Chud had, I've mentioned this before, he had this case called the Eliminator Class. And it looked like (laughs) a Borg ship that you put on your desk. It was this big square Mm -hmm. thing. And this thing is one of the few machines I've seen that actually exceeds it in height, not in width. But, I mean, that is one (laughs) tall computer. See, back in the 90s, you needed computers this size. I mean, you had to have, because that's how you, you know, it was like having a real nice car for geeks. Big, tall, beefy sucker. You know, but looking at that thing now... Think about that computer I've got out in the arcade, hooked to the back of that monitor that we use at remote events, and the power it has. And compare it to this thing. I mean, the power supply of this is bigger than a whole computer. It's a massive, mm-hmm. massive unit there. I see yeah, that. Yeah. I see that Chris is doing it the way you do it. He's got isopropyl alcohol sitting right beside his actual alcohol, and and so <laughs> and let me tell you something. Make sure you grab the right bottle when you take a swig. Trust me oh on this. Oh my gosh, one, yeah. you'll know right away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You got that so, right.
0: congratulations to Chris on uh, fixing an, another successful repair. Oh yeah, he gets it. And back. our final bit of news this week, Aaron, is that the ten-minute Amiga <laughs> Retrocast Doug is back, and he is here to tell you that you're wrong.
1: Oh, I know. Because you
0: may be. You may be thinking the CDTV. Ah. It's just an Amiga that they put, you know, a, a fancy case in, uh-huh. you know, and it, it kind of sucks. Uh-huh. It turns out that's wrong. The CD is actually yeah. the best thing that's ever been created yeah. in the history of the world. Listen,
1: let me tell you something, Doug. Not only is he drinking the Kool Aid, but he's serving it up, brother. Because <laughs> I know one said hardware wise it was the same, but uh, for the, effectively. It's basically the same power as your, uh, your, a maybe a five hundred plus something like that. It's got the ECS on there. Listen, no one's bad mouthing the thing. I want one. The second I watched this video, I was on eBay nosing around. You know what I'm saying? Because they're so cool looking. They but look at, awesome. The problem is, my excitement wasn't shared by the millions of other people that that looked at this thing and kept on walking, brother. We did a story this week on on ARG on this thing called the new one. And the new one and this are uh, the new one. I would say sold more than this. And the I new was going to say the new one die.
0: probably the new one probably outsold the CD32 by a factor of ten. Well, yes, that gives you they, an, an idea of the power of the cd That's true.
1: But I will say this: I would guarantee you that the CDTV more moved more games than the new one because no that's one true. knew the new one machines would play games. That's the problem. Right. They 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 carefully <laughs> hid its gaming capabilities. I want to point out a few things. So, number one: Do you see that lunchbox sitting back there? I had uh-huh. I had one of those
0: lunch really? boxes.
1: Oh yeah, That's because I was around when they started migrating from metal to plastic. You know, mm-hmm. and I always felt like I sort of had a dud with the plastic. But the plastic ones were bigger. You got more, you got more room in there. But yeah, anything they that don't had a rusting either.
2: Like, so well, I mean, as yeah. a
1: kid, who cares? You, you, not to mention when you whack and do with one, they break. The metal mm-hmm. ones, you could beat the crap out of a sucker. I watched That's this true. video. Doug got a heck of a deal. I like the fact that Doug disclosed everything how he got the machine, what he did to fix it. Cause he could have like, you know, Doug has attempted repairs in the past and eh, mm-hmm. didn't go so good. No. Uh, this time he just, he got lucky, got this sucker and it was a, a freaking fuse and popped it out. And it came right up and he was in business. I was like, man, the first thing I would do is get this thing completely recapped. I wouldn't mm-hmm. screw around. He I also give him credit for fixing the remote, which that was an interesting story that that might help somebody out. Uh, and I mean, listen, these are great-looking systems the CDTV. I've got nothing. I'm so happy he got one. And I'm I'm pleased that it works. Uh I think they're great. And you could put modern stuff of these down and really soup them up which he's going to do. I'm looking forward to seeing what he does in the future on these things. Uh I think they're dandy, but much like the these things are a lot like the CD32. At the time, they were they were uh not not that great. Not well received. And then, as right. they've gotten older, they've gotten more popular. But yeah, this is a great video from the Doug.
0: Yeah, you know, I learned a lot about you know, sort of the marketing failures. How well I don't. It's in hindsight, it's one of those things where I could see where they were going because they didn't want this put in the the section of the department store with the computers. They wanted this to be put in the section of the store with the hi fi units. They wanted yeah. they did they didn't want the Amiga name even on this thing. Yeah, um, but. You know, that led to other other difficulties. I so. will
1: I will say, if you'll give me one moment here, because uh, you're younger, and you may or may not remember this, but there was a time, and Doug mentioned it, because he's, he's older like me, there was a time where these set-top boxes were like, this was going to be the next big deal. The big deal. And I don't just mean stuff like the CDI. i mean, everyone that didn't have one of these things was coming up with something. You know what I'm saying? Because this was going to be the thing. Because mm-hmm. CDs allowed so much information on these discs that people were scrambling to come up with them. It's very similar to the web TV situation that happened uh, back in the day when the internet became uh, more of a big deal and they were scrambling to have these uh, set-top boxes with internet on it. And the same thing happened. They never caught on and they they didn't do anything. You know, Microsoft invested tons of money trying to get that over. It just didn't happen. People didn't want to use the internet in that way. And that's the way these little entertainment things were. Uh, You know, I I think... Uh, DVD players really sort of paved the way to have sort of a desktop box. Now they're a, it's a little easier to get that thing over when you've got an Xbox or a, even a PS2 uh, who took the sort of the new on route reverse. They were like, this is an awesome game machine. Oh, by the way, it can play DVDs. So that's what people wanted because DVD players were expensive. You could get it over that way, but you've got to appeal to the right people at the right time to get these uh, set-top type boxes over. And this one just didn't have the jack or it was too expensive to get over with certain people, and that's just the way it goes. But I mean, I have no doubt it was well engineered. I like the array of ports. I was—I'd forgotten that the thing had MIDI, uh, which is interesting. Uh, and you know, I think they—they they did good engineering here. I just—I just think they outpriced themselves. I think they—the people that would have bought this—they didn't try to appeal to them. That probably hurt it a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. So there are various reasons why something like this would go down. But I mean, name me the set-top box of the 90s or the late 80s that succeeded. I mean, they all really failed. I mean, CDI didn't get the traction either. You know, lost a ton of money. So it was just a tough market to crack, and no one really got it.
0: Yeah. Did you ever have web TV, or did you ever know anybody that had web TV? We
1: sold, believe it or not, when I was at the computer store, and this was, keep in mind that I worked at the computer store in the 2000s and the late 90s. Mm. We were still selling these little boxes that would let old people check their mail and their TV and stuff. You know, or a little things that have built-in screens that would do that stuff. So I know I never, I I knew people that had. I mean, I've actually fooled with them, you know. But when you're used to driving, you're, you know, when you're used to a computer, it's like jumping out of a Ferrari and getting and getting inside a little red wagon. I mean, it's yeah, they're just it speaking just of which. Do like.
0: Speaking of which, I sat in the driver's seat of Ferrari today.
1: Holy smokes! How'd you pull that off?
0: Well, Eep got in a minor car accident uh, on the, the day before she was set to leave for Thailand. Yeah. Uh, she was in our neighborhood. It was a slow, it was a, a low speed sort of scrape situation. Yeah. And so uh, I I took her car down to, uh, to Kevin's, Kevin's auto body there on Main Street. Uh, to, uh, to get it, get an estimate, you know, to turn into the insurance. Yeah. And so we started talking and I, and I was like, so yeah, you got a Ferrari. And he's like, yeah. And so we were talking about that. And I was like, before I left, I was like, man, you gotta let me sit in your Ferrari. He's like, all right. And so I went out there and I sat in his Ferrari and he was showing me all the stuff. And he, I was like, all right. And he's like, now let me show you how it goes. And so we traded places. He started it up and it was like, Vroom. it made a real loud engine sound. Cause it was a Ferrari. Yeah. but Let me tell you something, man. The interior of these things, it's like you're sitting in the most comfortable leather recliner that you've ever sat in in your life. Like yeah. They got Alcantara leather. Man, it was awesome.
1: How spacey or lack thereof was it inside that well, thing? Well,
0: you don't want to sit in the back seat. I can tell you that right now. There yeah. is a back seat. But uh, this this particular edition, he said, was a touring model. So it was supposedly more comfortable than a, a normal Ferrari. But, uh, but yeah, it wasn't the most comfortable car I've ever sat in, but the, the feel of the interior, like when you just touch everything, everything is that like soft leather. So yeah, it was awesome. It's probably the only time I'll ever sit in a Ferrari. So since you brought that up, I thought I'd bring it up.
1: You know, speaking of Ferraris, Boat, we happen to be associated with a man who I would refer to as the Ferrari of repair. Yes. And that man is our good friend. Bam. It's Frank Boat. And the Ferrari of Repair takes place at RetroRewind.ca. Tell them what's going on up there, Boat. So,
0: Retro Rewind is basically a one-stop shop for anything that you might need regarding Commodore computers or Tandy Color computers. They do everything from offering full repair services to recap services to an entire suite of parts, including recap kits and other uh, materials that you can use to repair your computer. They also offer you uh, diagnostic tools, diagnostic carts that you can use to figure out what's going on with your computer if you want to try and fix it yourself. But that's not all. That's not all. If you are a newbie in the retro computing scene, you need to stop fooling around with floppy disks, even GoTex. All that stuff is passe. What you need in your life is a flash storage solution. Mm -hmm. And you can pick one of these things up for either your Amiga or your Tandy Coco over at Retro Rewind. Uh, You can upgrade your hardware, your Kickstart ROMs. You can upgrade your software. He's got OS 3.2. You really need to check this place out because like I said, whatever you need he's got and he's got it cheaper than almost anybody else especially if you're here in the states or if you're here in North America but even in Europe you know the, the with the way that the uh with the way that the currencies are fluctuating right now the euro and the dollar are pretty much in sync and so you might be surprised on how cheap it can be even with shipping to order from Retro Rewind
1: yes absolutely like i said being in North America it's cheaper shipping if you're here and also quicker shipping uh, Frank get, gets it in, gets it done. We saw it firsthand at Boat Fest. Uh, Frank's not a guy that we just happen to uh, shill for. He's our good buddy, and he's all man when it comes to repairing. He's been doing it for a long, long time.
0: Yeah. So uh, if you decide to go over to RectorRewind.ca and place an order of any amount, make sure that you use the promo code Amigos10 at checkout. Save yourself 10, 10, 10% off this or any order we appreciate frank and we thank the fine folks at retro rewind for sponsoring amigos everything Amiga.
1: Mm.
0: all right aaron let's dive into some micro mortal tennis
2: yeah. pretty good boat pretty
1: good there what do you think about this one? You ever played it before? I know you have, right? Because we played this one live, as you'll recall. We
0: played this, uh, I believe, in a megathon one year. We played some Micro Moral Tennis.
1: You know, uh, you know what sends a shiver through my spine, Boat, is when I start to research a game, and amongst the first things that comes up is something we did. <laughs> <That's> never, <laughs>
0: <because> <laughs> that I'm happens like, quite often. It does.
1: Happens it it happens more than it used to. Yeah, we actually played this. I think it was hour 11 of uh, Amigathon 2019 or something like that. I know me and Britt hosted the intro for it. So let's get into it here, Boaster. Uh The bizarrely named uh, uh, micro, spelled with a K for some reason, Mortal Tennis. I guess because it, it's Mortal Kombat. Um, yes. Yeah, see, I got it now, finally. I just, yeah, I just thought that, I thought it was some kind of European thing. You're your real
0: Sherlock Holmes figuring Thank that one out. you.
1: Elementary. Uh <laughs> released in 96. Now, a little birdie told me that this was released in the uh the home country over there in 96, but everywhere else on earth it didn't get released until uh 98 or 99. Excuse me. So this was a real late release, and I'm assuming from uh the lack of any, finding any of these things for sale that these are double double rare. Uh this was published worldwide by Epic Marketing. Very clever name. <laughs> Uh, they were anytime
0: you've got marketing in your company name, that's not a good harbinger of uh, of your your product.
1: Believe it or not, we've actually uh, t- taken a look at an Epic Marketing published game Zombie Apocalypse. Remember that? We looked, we played that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, some of the other stuff they did, they did. I think it was like twenty some games on the Amiga. They did the Amiga Classics series one and two. It's spelled with an X. Boat. Uh, you can do the math. They did a game called Eat the Whistle. That series, whatever. Okay. It got me. Okay. Mobile Mobile Warfare uh was another one of theirs. Uh and the developer of this was an outfit called Skywards. Uh, they had a cool opening uh where it just said uh unfurl the wings of your mind or something like that it was their little tag I like line when the game comes yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh this is a one or two player joint uh and supports a couple languages, English, Italian and Spanish. Everyone that worked on this, uh, well, you would think that everyone worked on anything else, because that's what I found, but I actually can sort of clarify it a little bit, but I'll go through the participants. Coded, I'm going to butcher these, of course. Coded uh, by David Mencusi uh, and Marco Pacifico, and graphics by Enrico Zerbo, Marco Pacifico, and Sergio Rocco. Music by Alex Asione, and game design by Stefano Galane. Pretty good. I didn't do pretty too good. bad on those boat. Now I, yeah. it's funny. I looked into this game because uh, the wiki and a couple of places have a link to a web page that was ran by Marco Pacifico. By the way, an awesome name on the Marco there. Mm-hmm. Now this page has been dead for a thousand years. I think it went down to, like 2007. But thanks for our good buddies over a Wayback Machine, yeah, I did a little dirt digging. According to Marco Pacifico, he's a programmer that developed a lot of video games, including, uh, he says here he did Micro Mortal Tennis and a game called Powerball that came out in 97. He also did Tony Tuff and the Night of the Roasted Moths for the PC in 99, but get this boat. <laughs> he also did some other stuff. He did Gym Smashes for the GBA. He did Street Jam Base uh, Basketball for the GBA. Uh, so that's not too bad. Well,
0: uh, I, you know, I think a lot of these companies that sort of went under yeah. in the PlayStation era yeah. had a resurgence when the GBA came out. Because all of a sudden, it was within the realm of possibility for a small team, you know, based out of somewhere small in Europe, to actually put out a product again. You I know, wa- the GBA kind of reset the expectations on what a small team could do.
1: I wonder how big an output you had to have to have a cartridge made for the like for because he did another game here rumble the mad match for the game boy color how big a deal do you think you had to be to actually get something cooking on an actual cartridge based system like the gba or the well, game boy I, you boy know color? I,
0: I think it, it's all about just shopping out your game to a publisher and if you can find a publisher that'll that'll check it out and here's another thing you know about how you know you know how much shovelware there was on these handheld systems so the bar for quality wasn't exactly high I think that anything that looked half decent... And I'm not saying that this, this guy's games were somewhere. I'm just saying that you know the, the the bar was probably low for getting a GBA or a Game Boy game made.
1: Yeah, I, I would say you're probably correct. Now, of course, uh, I should mention that this game was... These fellas all lived in Italy. And so, again, this did get a release in Italy uh, a couple years earlier. We've actually played some decent stuff out of Italy. I believe those, uh, the guys that did... Uh, uh, that really good fighting game. The uh, yeah, fighting spirits. fighting spirits were Italian, and I mm-hmm. think that same outfit were the ones that worked on uh, that really good PC fighting game that I like too. So they they there one was must some, fall. One, no, not one must fall. The uh, the stupid one with Cthulhu. The name escapes me. Um, mm. Anyways, uh, this game was also coded in Amos, another one. And I, uh, so there's that. Uh, so <laughs> let's get into this opening. Mode of this game this thing has a long i guess i want to say almost legendary opening because me and you talked last night we found more videos of the opening of this game than we did any of the actual gameplay footage didn't we Both. yes
0: that's true that's so, true
1: so do you want to try to summarize this i mean we've got a good idea give them the quick the cliff notes version of what happens in this opening
0: so you are a, a you're awakened the the scene is set this it's drawn in a um a cartoonish style uh, and, uh, you play as sort of a, uh, a minion of Satan, I guess, that's living in like a trailer park, you know, uh, and you get a call from the big man and he says, you need to come, come, come over here. Okay. By the way, your name is farts because that's hilarious. That's what I was
1: waiting for. You know, I bet yeah. that's funnier in a foreign language.
0: Yeah. You know, I don't know because the LGR still thinks it's funny. So, maybe I'm just not in that that demographic, yeah,
1: maybe you're right. You're too classy, Bo. that's your problem
0: I am that's true uh so um, what you do is you go over to Satan and you you hear him talk and you're like and Satan's like, "Well, we need to figure out a way to run a tennis tournament,
1: and that's that's the story. well now they've got to compete in a tennis tournament, not they don't have to yeah. run it, and they've got to he's got to yeah. go manage a guy in a tournament. And the reason is Satan wants this key he lost back that opens up dimensional gateways. Uh, the uh, this I mean this thing runs for probably eight minutes. I yeah, mean it's it long. is
0: incredibly long, and it's
1: not someone somewhere thought this was awesome because it got shared. So you much. know what
0: this reminds me of? I don't. This reminds me of. Remember when the Brent released that series of podcasts that he made a long time ago? No, no. Pod- remember, he, it was where he was telling the story.
1: You mean the one of, with what what, the it- the calendar?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, that was one that big thing. long thing. This, okay. So you're that, burying remind- Brent here, is what you're saying? Well, I'm, yeah, I'm just saying that's what this reminded me of.
1: Uh, I thought that was sort of clever, but yeah, this was this was this was okay i mean we've seen far worse in terms of openings the art in this is pretty good in parts but it just it really went on you know and i'm sure the maybe some of the hilarity was lost in the translation well
0: and there's also like he goes to goes to the guy there's a guy from day of the tentacle that comes out that yeah. lives outside satan's house
1: yeah he's he he so a, sort of a,
0: a cameo yeah. yeah
1: yeah it's uh it's but it's uh, one thing we can't stress enough is it's long so, I mean, I mean, it probably goes 10 minutes, and then getting to the game itself takes you another couple uh, minutes to get there. So you're you're sitting there for 10 minutes, and this is without loading. Think of how long that intro would have taken if you'd sat there through the loading screens. You'd been there for oh forever. Gosh. So and, yeah, this is a fancy way of saying, listen, I, I'm i going to bury this game. I'm sorry. Well, wait uh, a minute,
0: wait a minute. Don't think that after you're done with the cutscene, you're ready to play, because guess what? You're not. Because no. then you've got to sit through the credits. Yeah, and, and you can't skip set, them. Yeah, and then you've got to set through the the uh, the the studio s- the splash screen. Yeah, then you got to set through the micro microportal tennis screen. Yeah, then you got to pick your mode.
1: That's a. Then you I'm got look, to pick your guy. I'm looking at the. Then timer, you got to watch the minutes. thing
0: come down. Yeah. yeah, it is the longest intro that I can remember for any game that we've ever played.
1: It's long. It's it takes forever to get there. But I mean, listen someone put a lot of work into it and i guess so there you go i guess you're gonna watch it once you finally get to the select screen uh you've got your choices between a you can play a single match you can play a a a tournament match you can start a season where you play a saved season of matches Uh, you could also do options and you could also uh you know pick your language and whatnot now this game, I made a note of this, because when you, one of the options is to pick the type of uh, a tennis match you want, singles or doubles of practice, and the type of surface between clay and brass and uh, hard surface. This is exactly like uh, the uh, same setup in another tennis game, and it's the best one on the Amiga, called Great Courts 2. This is the exact same setup. In fact, lots of this reminds me of Great, Course, Great Courts 2. Except for the actual court part, which we'll get to. So once you once you select for singles doubles, uh, you uh, then you go back and it's time for you to pick uh, what kind of guy you want. Now, when you go to the options, you get a, you get a list of guys from all these different countries. Uh and you you've got a list of their stats that you can alter. You basically you've got a certain amount of points you can spend. They're all spent when you find a guy you want. Then you could take some stuff from one thing. You could basically cater your guy to meet your specifications. Now, uh, I did this boat and I didn't see uh I, I like I cranked my speed up to max just to see what mm-hmm. it would look like. I wanted to I wanted mm-hmm. something tangible, you know. Right and i i can't sit here and say with any certainty that it did much but i maybe yeah. it did something maybe it didn't
0: well this is this is a perfect uh theater of the mind moment where you are uh, where you where you are making your rolling this character rpg style and even though it doesn't make any difference to your player just the fact that you're able to do this probably planted some sort of placebo effect into your mind saying yeah i probably did affect this or that
1: yeah i, get, I well i mean yeah i would you know there you go. By the way, some of the folks in chat are saying you can skip the intro. I could not on my build skip that intro, trust me, I tried every key. Uh, so once you go and set your character. By the way, that is also like Great Courts too, in a certain way. That's pretty much how you set. So clearly, this guy had played Great Courts too. That's my point here. Then we get to the actual tennis portion of the game. Now, you'll uh, like if you just play in like a, a sing like a single match, you'll play a single match. You'll play against the computer if you set it up that way. Uh, you come out, it's got full entrances for the guys, uh, which are cute. They they come out, and then the judge comes out, and the crowd boos him, which I thought mm-hmm. was funny. And then you look at the game, if you have a look at the game. Now, it's funny, but when we played this on amiga I remember thinking to myself, hey, this isn't bad. I was kind of looking forward to this. And so when the actual game started, man, was I was disappointed. I, I remember I was thinking, what the heck is this? Because the it's so the the court is takes up so little of the screen it's so smushed that it, and the guys are so tiny it almost looks like I've seen a lot of people that are, say this looks sort of like sensible tennis right I can see that description because I think those guys that do a better tennis game than this uh, but then you start playing the tennis the uh, the great thing about a game like Great Courts 2 is that when you hit the ball. You can sort of guide your shot by holding the button and moving the joystick in certain directions and do lob stuff. I couldn't get any of that to work in this. Could you do anything with your shots except from hit the shot? Like I couldn't get any action on this in terms of shot select, you know, placement of shots. How did you fare?
0: See, I I have a different take on this game. Totally. Okay. Uh, I did. I really enjoyed my time with Micro Moral Tennis. I thought this was great. You're kidding. me. No, no. I think that this is. I mean, I don't know that we've ever done great courts too. We Amigos. tried, but
1: I had the wrong name, and so we played something okay. crappy. Yeah,
0: right. And so I, I don't. I don't think I've played that. But This beats the pants off that Lorcel game that we played well. that had that Prince of Persia crap in it. Um. And so I. This is a game that yeah, I agree. It's like if Sensible made a tennis game. The action is fast. You got your little characters. I felt that I could control my guy pretty well. I felt that I could guide my shots well. Um, I thought you know I could win games, uh which is it was something that I could not do very often on other mega tennis games that I've played. The thing that I don't like about this game is uh I found the serve mechanic to be inconsistent. I never quite figured out exactly what I'm supposed to be doing to make the serve not go out of bounds. I was able to do it sometimes, but I couldn't crack the code. Um, the, also, the uh, we haven't talked about the micro or the mortal part and the mortal combat part of this game. You want to explain what happens there?
1: Well, uh, uh, just an FYI, the serve in this, this is also horked from Great Courts 2, except they do mm. a better job. We'll, I'll get back to that in a minute. Yeah, so occasionally. Uh, if the, with the computer player will, come, will have a call he doesn't like and he'll go over and the judge will come down off the stand and he'll get into a fight and then something will happen the guy will turn into I saw, I don't know, four or five different things they turned into one time I saw him turn into like a like a Ken. one time I threw a fireball and one time I saw him turn into Freddy Krueger and cut the judge and one time I saw him turn into Raiden from Mortal Kombat and shove the judge he has a bunch of different I, gimmicks. What did you see? Uh,
0: that well, th- it happens with both players. If you if there's a close call that goes on against you, you will also do this as well.
1: I never had that uh, happen to me. So, but I mean, yeah, if, it, my games weren't that close.
0: Um, the uh, but yeah, I only saw three. <laughs> there might be more. There is a Raiden, yeah. which uh, you 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 turn into. You don't look anything like Raiden, by you the got way. The hat. You look like you you look like one of those Playmobil uh, characters that has a, a conical shaped hat, uh, and then you you do your Lawrence of Arabia attack. He says and, Raiden. Um,
1: That's only way you know for sure. He says Raiden. Right. Yeah,
0: right. And then uh, and then you've got Ryo, like you said, you got Ryo with the fireball, and then inexplicably Freddy Krueger. Uh, which, you know, I don't know. Has he made any appearances in Mortal Kombat games?
1: Not the, I mean, I don't know. I don't play the new one, so I don't know. If yeah. maybe, but of course yeah. this was so old. No, is the right.
0: answer. Right. So I don't know how he entered the picture, but, uh, but anyway, that is the, that is the mortal part of well, the Well, there's also the
1: in-between sets part that I, well, in sometimes people sets. get killed there. I mean, in between
0: sets, you've got there's sort of Amiga cameos that, yeah. that come out where you you'll hear the "Let's Go" from Lemmings, and the, a Lemming will come out and explode. Uh, you've got Bomberman or Dyna Blaster Boy or whatever he was known as in Europe uh, that will come out and and set off a bomb. So yeah, these are you know pleasant little things that break up the action. I actually thought they were kind of cute.
1: I saw Pac Man come out. I saw a couple come out that I, I didn't recognize. So mm-hmm. there, there's more than a few of these. Uh, uh, we're watching the video now. Here comes a hang glider just came out mm-hmm. in between sets. So there's there's several of these, and there. Don't get me wrong. There there's a certain amount of uh style involved in this game, but the game itself, I was much less impressed with the tennis in this. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna non bury you, because you haven't. You may not have played great courts too of of which this is. Horked uh, a lot of the gimmicks from and much poorer. Great Quartz 2, cr- like, <laughs> this is an insult to Great Quartz 2. Everything about it is an insult. This is a funny, I would call this a funny uh, PD level game, maybe even lower than a lot of the PD we've played. Like, the tennis in this, I just don't think it's good. I mean, I, again, it's small, it's fast. Like, for example, your guy will, will jump and dive for certain balls that are real hard to get. But I noticed after a while that if I stood in the right spot and I and I purposely dove for every ball, I would win every point. That I dove for. The only times I lost is where I didn't I didn't get the dive right. You could just because the other guy often just won't return the ball if you dive for it. I'm sure that's put in there to make it look more exciting, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's just that's still a problem. I couldn't get it mm-hmm. to work every time, but I could get it to work in huge chunks of games, you know, and 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 go down a lot of that. The tournament thing. I mean, like I said, there's nothing here you wouldn't expect. Doubles is doubles. There's not a whole lot of Mortal Kombat y stuff aside. I don't think I saw any other stuff except for what we're talking about. I thought maybe you'd get to kill a guy or something, or, you know, right. I, and I didn't right. see any of that. You know, the plot, again, I think there's something lost in the translation a little bit, but I mean, it, I will say it's a plot for a tennis game, so I'll give them that. Yes, mm-hmm. it's, it's better than that Lorisol game we played. Oh, God, yes. That, and that game was horrible. It was an uncontrollable mess. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yes, I will say, I mean, is this the worst tennis ever play? No. But it, I just didn't – I think the, the court is too small. The guys are too small, and I didn't have the control I wanted over the shots. Plus, with the serving mechanic in great courts, too, you can use that serving, serving mechanic to get aces. Like, it's much mm-hmm. more, more well done. I also noticed that one thing about tennis is that <clears throat> – if you sit in the mid on the mid court line, that's the kiss of death in real tennis. You never want to stay there uh, because mm-hmm. they'll just you know they'll kill you. In this game, you can sort of you can kind of camp that line, but one mm-hmm. thing you don't ever want to do is charge the net. I didn't have any luck charging the net, and that's something I I, I I like to do in in most games. And I like to do in real life. I'll get in there just as because I'm so huge, I'm blocking out the sun with my racket up in the air. And so in right. gaming, I kind of copy my own style. But i i didn't like the uh, i didn't like uh, the the mechanics of where the shots. Sometimes your guy will dive, uh, and, and like you've got no shot at it, and the ball is behind you, but you'll still hit it. That drove me mm-hmm. nuts. I mean, so you yeah. basically you can make the impossible shots. Even right. if you know, you can right. be nowhere but see, close. See, here's the
0: thing. Uh, I would rather it be that way than. I mean, to me, I would rather a game. Like, Air uh, on the side of being too easy than too difficult. And so there were times where I was like, boy, you know, I really pulled a rabbit out of a hat with that, but I'd much rather have that and have that success. Cause again, you know, this is one of the few tennis games that I've played on the Amiga where I was consistently able to win games. And that means a lot to me.
1: Well, I mean, I, I, listen, I understand. I'm not, I'm not bad mouthing that. I'm just saying as a tennis game. I thought this was a weak effort. uh, saying it's better than the other Amiga tennis games we've played, which is is true, that's low praise, my friend. I mean, this is like, I mean, remember when uh, uh, David Crane did an uh, Activision Tennis on the Atari? Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. I would put this game in the, I mean, this game in terms of mechanically is probably somewhere in that ballpark, and we know David Crane's a super genius, but I mean, this is the Amiga, for God's sakes. Now, I know this is sort of a little late title in the game, you know, but I just, uh, listen, it's 96 or 99 respectively. I, if this was a free game or even like a budget game that had a cute gimmick, cause we've seen tons of those budget games, but they strap a wacky gimmick on and It's fun. Cause you pay nothing for it. I don't know what this sold for, but I'm guessing it sold for more than a budget title. And I think, I think that this might've,
0: I think this might've made an appearance on a cover disc at some point or something.
1: Well, it's funny. Um, I looked into that actually a uh, mm-hmm. boaster. So, uh, They've got a little blurb on uh, um, on a Hall of Light about it here. It says here that, uh, uh, that there was a demo on the CU Amiga cover disc uh, number 143, August of 96. And <clears throat> they were angling to get worldwide distribution because I thought this was going to be a big deal. But they couldn't get any action until 99. So they tried to go the cover disc route and it didn't, it didn't work for them. I mean, I, I guess it did work. It just took years. You know, years mm-hmm. later it worked. Um, any final thoughts on this before we hit the reviews? I mean, I don't. There's not much to say about. Yeah, I mean,
0: I, I just the the only. This is just one of those things that <clears throat> we're, we're we've got a different takes on because you're you're completely burying this game, and I think that this is a solid game.
1: Well, you've got to understand something. It's not a complete burial, okay? I'm not giving this thing the top banana treatment. I'm just saying it's the Amiga. And it and this is I mean if you look at this thing in a vacuum that's it but I mean
0: it's like saying sensible soccer is a bad game because all the characters are no the, sensible the, soccer the, the is a small good small.
1: game because they they put in the legwork. this the knot. this is just a real super basic low level tennis game just because it's better than other crappy games I'm not gonna put it over I just refuse plus I've played better tennis games on the Amiga than this so that's and I don't like it this is a this is a crappier version of a game that's ten times better that's just Carial. me. Well, uh, that much said, uh, believe it or not, I'm in the minority. The uh, people at Lemon gave this a 7.21. And I found some reviews. These are all from Italy, as they say, or France. The games machine out of Italy gave this thing a 92. They put it over Mm -hmm. like a million bucks. Uh, There's a magazine that's simply known as K, spelled K. They gave Mm. it an 88 vote. And Amiga Future... Our good buddies, we like Amiga Future, they gave this thing a 50. I think I'm more in line with the the future is now. When I, that, they gave it this thing a 50%. Did you get any uh sweet, sweet action from the Discord?
0: Yeah, we did. We got a couple of reviews on this week's game. Um, Our first review, and our only review, actually, I must have been thinking about something else. Uh, <laughs> we got a review from Ben's. <laughs> Uh, Ben says, when I booted this game for the first time and saw it was published in 1996, my old brain immediately thought, oh, this is new. My inability to understand that time has moved on since the late 90s aside, this game's a lot of fun. (laughs) I have that problem. (laughs) I've always enjoyed a good tennis game, and this one's pretty good. If you've ever wondered what a tennis game made by the sensible soccer team would be like, this is it. It's fast and furious with players able to get in position, hold the button, and then release at just the right time. Pressing the button makes your character plant their feet, a bit like Pro Tennis Tour 2, so you need to be confident you're in the right place before committing. There are the usual single match, tournament, and season options, the latter of which can be saved. Something that shows the age of the game is the rather clumsy suicide message that appears when you lose. Not something you'd see in a game these days. I wasn't clear what the Mortal Kombat influence would be. I'd imagine fighting other play- players to settle a tiebreak or smashing the ball so hard my opponent's, uh, to into my opponent that their spine flew out. Yeah. Sadly, sadly none of this came to pass. Uh. In- instead, what we get is the occasional disputed line call resulting in the player morphing into a different character and leaving the umpire in a red puddle on the ground. Happily, after this little animation the empire magically resurrects himself and retakes his seat it's goofy but fun at least the first couple times you see it in between games other fun things happen for example sometimes a hang glider sails across the court or robocop stomps in and exacts his re- revenge on the empire again goofy but fun it reminded me of the little animations in the background of international karate plus Ultimately, the Mortal Kombat stuff gets a little tedious, and once you've seen all the animations, you'll find yourself skipping them to get back to the action. A solid tennis game that doesn't take itself too seriously, 8 out of 10.
1: Oof, high praise. That's what I praise. You know, one of the things I did find wacky about this is when when you score a particularly solid point, the crowd will cheer for you. And it sounds like you're, like, the set of Mr. Cartoon, they're all like they sound like a bunch of kids. <laughs> it, did you notice that? It's like, why are these I, children out here watching all this carnage? At this,
0: maybe f- that was just that. That was the sample that they, they, they there is like crowd cheering sample. Let's put that in.
1: We should also mention that fart stays at courtside at all times, so don't worry, that's right. farts as always should. around. This game was a fart, as far as I'm concerned. I shall go back, mm-hmm. and I really do want you to try Great Courts 2 sometime, boat, so you can see. Uh, what a, a a a game that's like this, but they did everything right, is like, I think you'd really enjoy it, Boatster.
0: Okay, okay. All right, Aaron, why don't we check out what's going on on our YouTube channel?
1: All right, all right. Oh, I should mention, no eBay on this. I, sh- I don't know if I mentioned mm. that or not. So, uh, we had some releases this week, Boatster. Let's get into the, boy, this one. Man, Ooh, with this, you did a lot of work on this episode, and I thought it was really uh, interesting. And that's our retrospective look. At Buggy Boy on the ST boat. Uh, yeah. we, we did a little comparison on here because uh, we luckily, me and Boat had played Buggy Boy on the, uh, on the Amiga, I believe it was. And mm-hmm. so we had some reference to that. Oh, what did you think of this one, Boat?
0: Well, you know, Buggy Boy is a real interesting arcade game. This is one that completely passed me by as a a kid. And even when I started getting into uh, the classic arcade scene when I was in uh, late high school and college. uh, And it's, you know, a lot of its charm comes from the fact that it was originally sold in that three panel wide, ultra wide monitor setup. But it's, you know, I always enjoy a good uh, driving game versus a racing game. I've always been more of an outrun fan than a pole position fan. And this game is definitely more in that outrun phase where you're not racing against other cars. You're trying to collect flags and and make it to checkpoints. The off-road elements of this game are fun. Uh, And the ST version is solid. And the Amiga version also solid. So no matter which 16-bit platform you play it on, you're going to have a good time.
1: Yeah, I thought it was a pretty good game. The Amiga one plays a little quicker. Uh, but, uh, they're both, I mean, they're both fun, cartoony games. I know they're right up your alley. I wasn't a super big fan of them, but I thought they were okay. Uh, but I know, then again, like I said, we have no framework references, because we never saw this in the arcades in America that I ever saw. Someone might have seen it at their arcade, but this is one we didn't have, so we had a good time, uh, fooling with that one, Boaster. Uh, the next thing, now, this is all Boat right here. Tell us about this one, Boat. This is, uh, Oops Up versus Pang, Amiga Attack of the Clones.
0: Yeah, so this is a part of the uh, uh, Attack of the Clones series where I take a look at an arcade title and then look to see what the Amiga had to offer in terms of, uh, in this case, Pang uh, got a really, really solid release on the Amiga. Arguably the best arcade port ever to be released on the Amiga is uh, Pang. It's just so dead on to the arcade version. But uh, that's not all. Uh, there is a, an homage to Pang called Oops Up. That is a much more sci-fi like game where you're playing uh, as in, in in outer space, and uh, and so I take a look at Oops Up and talk about whether it's you know the the good, the bad, and the indifferent of
1: this uh, loving homage to Pang. Very good. You need to carry this series over the cocoa, my friend. Holy smokes. Oh yeah, You, yeah. you, you <laughs> did material for a thousand shows over there. That's right. So that looks great, but well done, man. Uh, so, me and the Brent got back to business this week, and this time out, uh, as requested by, uh, uh, gosh, who was it? I think it was either Kit, may have been the one who requested this. We skipped the Apricot, you'll recall, last week, because we couldn't get an emulator for the Apricot that worked very well. So, boy, were we in pretty shock when we tried to emulate the new one boat, because the emulator for this is as remedial as an emulator as I've played in a long time. I, uh, the new one was a a, a chipset that was installed in certain DVD players and would allow them to play one of eight commercially released games. Although only seven were released, uh, any place you could play them, there was one a Korean exclusive. And these things were also all region locked. They did everything they could to botch this uh, thing. <laughs> uh, these were the new one was an, a, a a the chipset was uh, worked on by the former Atari Jag engineers and programmers so. And so he
0: he carried the jaguars legacy of success into the cd era yeah
1: it's this is sort of a the sad DVD era I mean. it's a sad tale in a lot of ways but uh anyways uh we get into it pretty hot and heavy my, my,
0: my favorite part about this episode is the phrase that uh that brent came up with to describe the american bedroom coder scene
1: oh, the he base- called it like
0: basement <laughs> manufacturing corporation or something
1: it was great. I loved it. It sounded like, like he said, it's not like somebody was making meth. Uh, which is true. The UK gets bedroom here. coders. We get basement manufacturers. Uh, so we tried two games. Uh, there were eight, like I said, there were eight commercial games. I could only get one to sort of run, which so I did Space Invaders XL, which was the only uh, machine that was ever released for. And Brett did a game called Decaying Orbit. It was a PD game. So there mm. you go. So if you want to learn about the <laughs> new one. When... Wonder what the PDC, how many public domain games were released for the old Nuon? I don't. 1/2. Well, a lot because believe it or not, not to get too much into the episode, but towards the end of like I think it was like 2001, the 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 guys were like, you know, we better do something here. This thing's tanking, so they released the SDK for free. You can go out and develop on it, and so people did. I mean, oh, okay. believe it or not. So, be, but again, your mileage may vary. There's software out there for it. You can see right here, this is where the emulator crashed, if you're watching at mm-hmm. home. Uh, but uh, but yeah, this is one... Uh, i would just watch the episode. I don't necessarily think you need to go out and buy a new one. Although, the next time you're at the Goodwill, just look and see if the little new one logo's on there, and if it is, you can make yourself a couple hundred bucks easy way, because these things go for about that. Um, I think that's all we've got on our main channel, Boat, but let's hop over to the stream team. We're getting this thing fired back up, Boat. Had oh a, yeah. Had a couple big releases this week. Firstly, there's a special fellow. He's called Happy Coding. He just happens to be a ZX uh, Spectrum megastar when it comes to programming. And this is his show, Happy Coding's ZX Programming Stream. Home cooking. This is the July 14th episode. Uh, happy and, birthday. Oh yeah, happy birthday, but you can watch uh, watch a little bit of a uh, coding tutorial. These are beautiful. Awesome. These are beautiful free ZX pro- game programming uh, tutorials that you can watch to up your game. Me and Bo sat through uh, one of these things at the last uh, International Computer Club, uh, and by God, I learned stuff. And I don't know jack squad about programming. I got it. So, Happy is quite, he's good at talking down to the lowest common denominator, which is me. So, if you want to learn, try to learn a few things about some uh, ZX uh, Spectrum uh, programming, this is your man. Happy Coding's ZX Program Stream. And also, these are, like I so said, this is sort of a weekly thing. So, If you can go back and start at the beginning and you can watch them all get caught up. Um, Also released this week, we've got a good buddy named 48K Ram. And this Mm -hmm. time out, Boat, look what he's doing. He's recapping an Atari ST. He's recapping my Atari ST. I know. That's what, that's your look. I thought you would enjoy this, Boat. This is is, uh, 48K Ram recapping the ST that ultimately Boat ended up with. Right, Boat?
0: That's right. So sitting across from me, in pride of place, right above the Amiga 600, uh, is an Atari 520 520ST uh, that I'm very interested to see uh, if the disk drive is working. Uh, I think uh, David Z may be uh, sending me a couple disks to try it out on. I've never used an ST before. I never knew anybody that had an Atari ST. This is a brand new uh, chapter in the in my retro computing life, and it's cool. I know that it's it's going to be solid gold money because forty eight K is uh, he he knows what's going on when he's streaming from the bench.
1: Absolutely, uh, and uh, we uh, I know uh, there was a sprite castle this week. Rob has a uh, Rob's had some uh, medical th- things going on. in His family he's running a little bit behind. I'm sure to pop up here, but if you didn't catch last week's. Show and tell. I thought that was particularly amusing. Good episode to catch. And Of course, don't forget to check out Rob's uh, shows, Bright Castle, and You Don't Know Flack and Cactus Flack's Arcade, which he just cranked back up. All those were great this month. I highly endorse them. And also, overall, Pixel Gains channel. They actually released a new video. There, another one of the uh, the podcasts on our state on our uh, uh, podcast streams. We love the Pixel Gaiden guys. Just finished up their show. So please check them out and check out their channel as well. Uh, boat, one more thing while we're uh, talking about stuff, it's it's tomorrow night, boat. You want to fill in the folks on what's going down tomorrow night at the yeah, boat, the so boat estate. T-
0: tomorrow night at six PM uh, Eastern Time, uh, it is oh, our geez. sort of bi bi monthly meeting of the International Computer Club. <laughs> Uh, or not the International Computer Club? The Taze Valley Classic Computer Club. Can you believe the scene
1: uh, I pulled up here? <laughs> that, was that was not on purpose. Movie. I just <laughs> hit play. It's my it's my GS exploding at the last International <laughs> Computer Club. Yeah.
0: So if you want to see scenes such as uh, computers explode before your very eyes, uh, then uh, check us out on Twitch. We're gonna be live. Like I said, we're gonna be broadcasting starting at six o'clock. Uh, John Marshall will bring his usual tote of Commodore goodness. Uh, <laughs> what do you plan on bringing to the uh to the I'm not 100% Aaron.
1: sure. You know, I need to put a fuse in that GS. I've recapped it, but I forgot to replace the fuse in it. So if I can find one, mm. I might bring that. It's always okay. a good time. Now, while we're talking about the Taste Bike Club, uh, what time are we going to kick that off again tomorrow? We're
0: going to kick it off at
1: 6, 6, six o'clock. 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And this is now, do you want to talk about the new the new naming uh, n- nomenclature that I missed? I don't think I, I missed you talking about that. So, the,
0: the Taze Valley Classic Computer Club will still, I mean, it's still going to be the same thing. Right. But we're rechristening it the West Virginia Vintage Computer Society. Oh, man. Because we have formed a new organization uh, that basically uh, will hopefully allow more people to, to find out about our, our group. And uh, and we're going to have some we're going to try to have some more events in addition to Boat Fest, maybe a winter event uh, where we'll try and gather some people together. Uh, And uh, and so the West Virginia Vintage Computer Society, a nonprofit society of people that are into vintage computers that either reside in the mountain state or wish they did. Yeah, there you go. Uh, You can you can find out more information at WVVSC.org. Very good. But and of course we need this. We're gonna be premiering Aaron. Well maybe not premiering, oh, but yes. we're gonna be, on, we're going be uh, Yeah, we're gonna be premiering a new game that has just been released for the Tandy color computer. Uh called Well, give us the name of this one, Aaron.
1: It's well the, the official name. Let me get the because it's it, there's Japanese The envelope, involved. please. I've got the name's not on here, but I'll look. Uh th- this is a game for the Coco. That features myself and the boat. We're in the game, Space Pirate Kamiko. There you Always go. Always smokes boat. Let me tell you there something. You how did we get into a game with hot, incredibly hot uh, anime vixens? I don't know how that, but we're <laughs> we're in there, boat. Somehow. Yeah. So that'll be fun for us. You can see there's a there's a hot, incredibly hot anime vixen right there uh, on the uh, on the cover. I haven't opened this yet because I'm gonna open this live on stream tomorrow night we're gonna fire up I believe there's an SD card in here boat we're gonna fire. have you oh, opened man. yours yet I have I've opened it up what was and it I've would you have this... an SD card in yours
0: no he only sent out one SD card that was for you oh good that's what um, you get but uh but I did I will. I don't want to give away the surprise yeah we'll, so we'll open it
1: at computer club tomorrow we're gonna to open this thing up we're gonna stick it into coca right and then we're gonna give this thing a whirl. It's going to be awesome. By the way, he's nervous, he told me. He's very nervous about (laughs) this unveiling. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun, Boat. All right.
0: So, Aaron, uh, the time has come for us to leave the stream team and uh, move on to uh, the Patreon song challenge from what seems to be several years ago
1: now. (laughs) Yeah, it does. Um,
0: The last Patreon song challenge, nobody got correct because I don't think anybody cared. Uh, it sort of has led me to believe how much longer the Patreon song challenge will last. However, the name of the song was Into the Great Wide Open by Tom Petty. Yeah, I knew that one. Um, that one I knew. We we do have a, uh, a new Patreon song this week. And I figured we had such a long intro that, that, uh, that, that sort of eternal introduction to Micro Mortal Tennis. Instead of looking at my ugly mug as I performed the song, I, I laid down the tracks and performed the song. Uh, and is going to be supplied to you via the uh, Micro Mortal Tennis um, intro sequence. So, oh God. I know. If you know the name of this song, uh, send me an email, John at and I will announce you as a winner on next week's show. All right, Aaron, roll the tape.
2: Invite but Dr. 82, Pack Billy Rock, McDavid, Howard Price, Jazz Dog Daniel, James Miller, Art Typer, Bumface, Prue Hands, Chris Edwards, Petzl Alarm, Albert Kemp, We Like What We Like, Mr. Chip, Peter Price, Herman V, Wonderly Chesham, Mark Richardson, David Hearn, Ram OK, Ramo OK. David Terrace, Jude Carlos, Matthew Mobius, The Phantom Magnus, Seth Yates, Alistair Fiend, David Z, George Rosansky, The Amiga Show. Super Family King, Crazy Loomis, William Venter, Scar, Heavy Systems, Ink Frag, Lord Mark Byland, Olaf Hope, Alien Breeder, Dave Velociraptor, Cowbird Boy, Daniel Williams, Luke Hudson, Bomb the Bass, Frodo and El, Sol, Incisor, Tech Major Gun, Mr. Cola. Bernard Lucas, Jerry Dinnington, Sorglove Reflection, Simon Letch, Captain Crispy, Kilobytes and Caffeine, Gary Heather, Free Lunch, Kate Fox, David Pickford, Armstrong, Andy Jones, Lobster Manator, Ten Minute, Amiga Retro Cast, Bernard Quinn, RMC, Tim Drews, Joseph Harrison, Kyle, Rob O'Hara, Matthew Laramore, Andy, Craig Johnzo, Barkford Roland Burke, Andrew Monks, There's the Zombie, Leaf Killan, Allen, Cab, Bob Checo, Tay Level, Lord, John Marshall, Matthew Perone. Creepy, Dead Boy, Figgy, CTZ, The Sloan, Norris, Stafford, Swargold, Mortensen, Edvin, Helen, Christopher, Hassel, Chris Folds, Lauren, Giroux, Graham, Vebke, Adam, Batters, O'Brien's, Retro and Vintage, Gary Hucker. Paul Bossman, Duncan Styles, Dikes from the Crypt, Josh, Nan, Adam Bradley, Jonas Rouleau, THT, Eric Nelson, Daniel Bingston, Darren Coles, Jason Worms, Pixels at Dawn, Kjellbjorn Barman.
1: That's a scary Satan right there, Boat, at the end of your song. He's got a lot of face bulge going on, too. Well, yin-yang. listen,
0: if I was Satan, I'd have face bulge out the innie. If he
1: listened to your song, he's probably be bulging all over the place. So <laughs> uh we
0: are going to move on now, Aaron. Yeah, to probably a good idea. What's coming up
1: next week? Here we go. What... Oh man, it's back again, Boat. That's right public
0: domainia oh man we are going to be playing aztec challenge oh okay and some uh galactic civilization conquest something i can't quite remember the second game wow. but it's going to be epic it's an epic
1: tale of wonderment you know now aztec is. challenge uh, is that like a c64 game maybe somebody, like, yeah, it it's probably like yeah it's a
0: c64 game that was ported
1: over. oh That's sweet right. i played that before sweet
0: Colonial Conquest 2. I knew Level Lord would be a fan. Anything that's deep and uh and uh and intimidating, Level Lord's all over. Oh so, man, is that uh, what yeah. that
1: one is? PD yep. Deepness. That's always scary yep. to me, boat. It's, yes, absolutely.
0: <laughs> so join us, won't you? Next Friday. We're gonna be recording a little bit later on because uh I'm I'll be a band camp next week. Middle school band camp. Oh yeah. So Uh, Please join us for Public Domania next Friday, 7 p.m. We will see you next time. And until then, adios.
2: inva but Doctor 82, Pack Billy Rock, McDavid, Howard Price, Jazz Dog, Daniel, James Miller, Art Typer, Bum Face, Prue Hans, Chris Edwards, Petzel Alarm, Albert Kemp, we like what we like, Mr. Chip, Peter Price, Herman V,
1: Wanderlich, Mark
2: Chris.